Dafmen Vav of Lukote Teira, Sefer Yikra. We're in, it's Parshas Bechokosai, a mimer about the difference between a written word and engraved word. So now we're explaining uh, engraved word and what, and what that, sorry, engraved uh, letters and what that means in terms of the nefesh, in terms of our soul. So uh, certainly speech is included in, uh, in uh, written word in the sense that the uh, words are separate from the essence of the person. Even within thought, thought that comes in letters and words is uh, where you think you're thinking in words and you, you notice the words, that's also separate from the person. But where you're thinking about the ideas, not in terms of the alphabets, uh, so then that might be like engraved word. Because sometimes, uh, even when we think it's in word, like it says, let your ears hear what you are expressing from your mouth. So the word is already there, even if you don't express it, because that is the lower level of thought, where even in thought, it's already uh, it's already uh, delineated into words. And that's only the external of thought, which is in terms of Kabbalah, in terms of spheres, it's that's Malchus of Bina. Uh, which that is uh, Leia. Leia represents thought. Rachel represents speech. But even though Leia represents thought, it's the external of thought and the external of bin of understanding. Then the high level is uh, called the supernal thought, the high level of thought. And that's when you think just ideas without words. But even though you don't notice the words, there are still words and letters there, just that they're not uh, noticeable because you can't have... Uh, ideas in your mind without words just that sometimes the uh the because the when the content is what's dominant and the words are, are not noticed unlike when the thought goes to a descends to a lower level and then you notice the uh the letters and the words and that is the external whereas when you don't notice it that's the internal and then the I, the concepts are one with the person himself and with his intellect, and uh, that is related to uh, with the clothes of the uh, the kohen gadol says pituch um, which relates to the, uh, the which is the seal like where the indent where the uh, stone the gems uh, sat, but it it also relates to the idea of being se- uh, sealed as opposed to ri- uh, like engraved as opposed to written. And uh, that is at the level, instead of at the level of Malchus within Bina, this is Yisoid within Bina, a higher spiritual level. And that is beyond both Leah and Rachel. That's the source of both of them. Now, these uh, letters... They they are before they these uh, letters are totally one with the seichel with the intellect, uh, just like the letters that are engraved that they're one with the stone. Unlike with ink, which is separate from the parchments, and uh, therefore they're not the letters are not felt at all, and all you feel is the, all you notice is the concept. Uh, unlike with the lower type of thought where you do notice the words or certainly with speech, which they're, they're both uh, something separate from the person. Okay. Next paragraph, Omnam, at the bottom of the first column. 
But the truth is that this marshal, this uh, uh, par- parable or metaphor of the two levels of thought is not accurate uh, because the uh, letters which are in, which in one's uh, mind, in one's intellect, intellect. So y- y- you can call them uh, one with the seichel. You can call the what you're thinking one with your power of intellect, but you can't call it one with your nefesh, with your soul itself, because your soul is beyond intellect. And therefore, certainly something that you're thinking is not one with your soul. At most, it's one with your power of intellect. And uh, even one's power of intellect is not one with his soul. His his essence is beyond his power of intellect. And certainly what you're actually thinking is beyond, uh, is below your essence. Also, in in the beginning of Bechukose, the Pasuk, that this Maimrazan is in Bechukose Teleichu, and just like Chukose, which we've explained to mean uh, engravings, so that doesn't make sense with the thought, so too Halicha, the concept of going and expanding, uh, uh, advancing forward with new ideas, so that doesn't happen from the uh, from the revealed intellect. Revealed intellect is where you're thinking within a format. It's not something totally new. Creativity comes from the from the power of intellect, which is beyond and behind the revealed intellect. So then, what what part of uh, intellect can we say is one with the nefesh, one with the soul? So, based on what it says in Tanya Negeres Hakodesh, that the the way we pronounce the uh, alphabet, the aleph base, and the nakuras, the vowels, that is beyond intellect. In other words, we don't know how to, if, if you ask someone, in what position do you move your mouth to say the sound uh, b? So he, he might know, he might not know. He certainly isn't thinking about it when he makes that sound uh, because this is, this is beyond his uh, conscious mind. And therefore, even if a child understands everything, he might still not be able to talk yet. And the infant might not be able to talk because it's a separate ability and it's beyond the power of thinking. So engraved letters, which, which as we've explained, are like one with the stone. They're part of the stone. There's nothing extra beyond the stone. So that so that's like the uh, the uh, shape of the, the 22 letters of the of the alphabet of the hebrew alphabet which they come from beyond intellect and from rotsain so they are beyond thought and beyond uh, the revealed intellect in general they rather they come from the the um the uh uh intellect beyond what is revealed in other words, there is a format. You have to put your mouth in a certain position in order to pronounce each sound. But we're not conscious of it because that it comes from earlier and in deeper recesses within our thought, uh, within our mind, and our programming. So, well, well, so that kayachasechol, that power of intellect, as it is, one with the nefesh, one with the soul, and that is the source of the letters. 
Whereas when the intellect is revealed in his mind, then it's just a ray that from the intellect that comes out uh, and is revealed. A ray of the subconscious is revealed in the conscious mind. But it's nothing compared to the subconscious, which is much more powerful and there's a lot more there. Because when it's in the subconscious, then it's one with his soul. And it's beyond being revealed in, in speech or action, and even beyond being revealed in thought. And uh, that subconscious is the source, like we said, of the letters, where there's nothing foreign, there's just the soul itself expressing itself. Now, it is true that the soul itself is beyond the uh, subconscious mind as well and beyond this ability to pronounce the different sounds. That's true. But still, pronouncing the sounds, it's part of the nefesh itself, part of the soul itself. It's the bottom of it, but it's still part of it And because there's nothing added. Just like when you engrave a letter onto a stone, that the stone is more pristine and more pure before you engrave. But still, when you engrave, nothing was added. There's nothing except for the stone. Yes, the the brightness of the stone, the sparkle may be diminished, but still, all there is is the this, this stone. On the other hand, when uh, we discuss the conscious mind thinking or speech, so then there is something else beyond, uh, uh, besides the nefesh, besides the soul. And that is like writing where you have the ink and the uh, parchment. True, they come together and they're both needed, but there's still two separate things. And uh, with... And without the, uh, similarly with speech, without the soul, you can't speak at all. But still, the speech and the soul are two separate things. Like the parchment, which the ink wouldn't hold without parchment, and also you need the white space around the parchment for the ink. Ice gimel. So now that we've explained what engraving means and what writing means in terms of the soul, the external of thought, the internal of thought, so now uh, we'll explain about the uh, luchos, which they are, were engraved uh, words, and the advantage of the luchos over the written Torah, which is written word. Now, creation in general happens through words. It says that... Uh, through the word of Hashem, that's how Bidvar Hashem Shemayim Nasal, through the word of Hashem, that's how the heavens were made. And so the letters are also come from the word also, which means to bring, that they bring Hashem's presence down, Hashem's light down to a low level, they reveal Hashem's light. But that depending on where they reveal Hashem, to that's the difference between what we call words of speech versus words of thoughts so words of speech reveal Hashem within the lower worlds within Bia whereas uh, words of thought uh, that, that's what enlivens the hidden worlds which are beyond the, beyond our experience but the even the high level words of thought there's still uh, Levushin there's still something separate from Hashem and therefore called like a garment so for example with us in our physical world so the uh, breath that we use to pronounce the words, so that is the uh, garments for the letters in order for us to be able to receive them. And the same thing when we write words. So that writing, the, 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 what we wrote down, that's a garment for the letters.
But then you have engraved words. And right at the beginning of Zayar, it says that it says that uh, at the beginning of the uh, the, the uh, desire to uh, of the king to rule, so he engraved in the supernal uh, pure uh, uh, pure place. Um, so it talks about engraving, and what this uh, refers to is a revelation of Hashem's light, Hashem's unlimited light. Um, and which Tehar, uh, this this purity represents this unlimited light, and uh, that was in, that's engraved. So it's still part of Hashem Himself. On the other hand, it's it's less uh, radiant, so to speak. It's than Hashem. It's the end of of what we would call Hashem. Um, there's the Matzil and the Netzal, and there's the the emanator and then what emanates from Hashem. So this is still within the Matzil. And but it's engraved. And that's Kesser, which is uh, the sort of the end of uh, Ein Sof, of Hashem's unlimited light, before worlds. Kesser has two parts, which are called in Kabbalah, Atik and Arich. And they are one with uh, with Aaron Sof, with Hashem's unlimited lights beyond Atzilos, which is yes, it's a very high level, but still it's a world, and it's that would still be like written word, whereas Atik and Arich they're like the engraved word. And uh, over the page, yes, this is uh, still part of Aaron Sof. It's still part of Hashem's unlimited light, but it's not Hashem's very essence. In Hashem's very essence, you wouldn't say it's engraved either. It's just the pure thing. It's not even engraved. Uh, and like uh, Kabbalah discusses that symptom, the concept of concealment and uh, and uh, space, which is uh, seems to be free of Hashem's light, is only possible in Hashem's light. But in Hashem himself, there can be no engraving, there can be no change, there can be no concealment. Now, the Kabbalists argue about whether Kesser is uh, one of the ten spheres, right, the ten spheres either are Chachum Binot Das, Chesed Kvarot Tiferes Netzach Hedisad Machos, or Keser Chachum Bina, and then you skip Das and then go on Chesed Kvarot Tiferes, etc. So, is Keser one of the ten spheres or not? So, some say uh, that it's not one of the spheres because it's beyond; it's a ray of Erin Sefer of Hashem's unlimited light. Others say no; it, yes, it is Ein Sefer; it's part of Hashem's unlimited light, but it's still also part of the spheres. Arizos, and he uh, gives a compromise answer that 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 Keser is the mimutza, the intermediary between Matzah and Netzal, and between the emanator and the and the the um eman- those that come from Hashem, those who are emanated from Hashem. So it has two parts: the end of the Matzil and the beginning of the, the Netzalim. So Atik is the end of the Matzil, end of the emanator, so to speak, end of pure godliness. And then the second level is Arich, which that is the source of the sphere, the, um, the spheres. Uh, and uh, when uh, Arich, which is the source of the spheres, so in that source, the spheres appear, but in a very refined and uh, concealed way. And together, these two levels, Atik and Arich, Arich form Keser.
So what do we see? We see that Kesser is beyond the spheres, and even the lower level of Kesser, which is called Arich, is only the source of the emanated beings in a very refined way, and beyond this, the other spheres. This is also called Esospheres Agnosis, the 10 hidden spheres, and they're hidden meaning within Arich before they, uh, they come in as 10 separate spheres within worlds. Now, to explain this a little bit more, it's quite Kabbalistical. So if, you, if, if that was a bit beyond, the, the next part will be a bit uh, something we can more relate to perhaps. So there's a famous Gemara where Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was uh, uh, shown the future and he was at a shear of Rabbi Akiva and he couldn't understand the shear of Rabbi Akiva and he thought, wow, Rabbi Akiva is so great, far beyond me. And then he saw the end of Rabbi Akiva that he was tortured to death by the Romans. And he said, is this Torah and this is the reward of Torah that Rabbi Akiva should be murdered in such a barbaric fashion, such a painful fashion. And Hashem answered, Silence. This is what came up in my thoughts. Moshe understood until Chachmah, and until the level of Chachmah, this made no sense. And therefore he had the question, how could this happen? And Hashem answered that this is what came up in came up high in my thought, in other words, in Pnimius Hamachshava, in the, in the hidden mind. And that's the meaning of Allah, came up, that it's beyond Chachma. You, Moshe, you only can comprehend, you, you can only relate to until Chachma, and that's where Tarsha Bechsav, the written Torah, comes from. But then there's the hidden Chachma, which is beyond understanding and beyond Atzillus. So just like with a person, a person has his revealed intellect and then he has the hidden power of intellect beyond what he actually understands. So when a person is thinking deeply into an idea and then he has a new, then a new idea, hit, a new perspective hits him, that comes from the the power of intellect, which is beyond intellect. And originally... When he started thinking about the idea, so he only understood until a certain level. And he wasn't a clear, he wasn't a vessel to take from beyond. But then, then suddenly he was given this gift of beyond from Pnimis, uh, from the Pnimis uh, uh, of Kayach Hasech, from the inner part of Kayach Hasech, the power of intellect, which is normally concealed. And that's the idea of Olam HaShav. Hashem says, this is what came up in my thought, meaning beyond the revealed Chachman. Therefore, you, you'll never be able to understand this. And really, actually, it should have said, this is what came down in my thoughts. Because the hidden Chachma is beyond the revealed Chachma. So it came from the hidden Chachma to the revealed Chachma. So in other words, it came down. But uh, since uh, the hidden Chachma is called the, it, since this Chachma Stima uh, is called Machshav, uh, which is also called Machshav Stima, the hidden thought. So uh, we, when we want to talk about that part of Machshava, that part of thought, the higher part of thought, we use the word Allah that came up. So that's why it uses the word Allah. But either way, we see that there's the hidden mind and the subconscious hidden thought, which is beyond Chachma. And that is within Keser. And, uh, and Keser is totally 
beyond, totally unfathomable to Chachma. And therefore, the only answer was silence. This is what was decided in, uh, this is what came up in my thought. And uh, similarly, uh, Keser is beyond spheres, and therefore Atik does, is, is completely beyond spheres. And even Arich, which is a source for the spheres, it's still totally beyond. It's in a much more refined and subtle way. And that's why Keser is compared to uh, engraved words where there's nothing but the stone. On the other hand, the spheres within the w- worlds, even within the world of Atsilas, that's called uh, written word. Uh, where the uh, ink and the parchment are two separate things, although they come together. Whereas in Keser, uh, that is considered part of Ein uh, uh, part of Anshem's unlimited light, and like the Arizal's conclusion that uh, that the uh, Keser is the intermediary between Matzo and Netzal, between the emanator and the, that which was emanated, uh, and it's still part of Ein part of Hashem's unlimited light. Over to the fourth column. Yes, it's still the Kesser is still lower than Erin, the essence of the light, Erin ain't safe itself. Uh, so that's just like the stone itself versus engraving in the stone. But still, there's nothing foreign like there would be with ink. And uh, so when you have the spheres within Kesser, you don't notice them as a separate, uh, with separate identities and separate spheres. They're all part of Aaron Seif, part of Hashem's unlimited light. And uh, like with the uh, revealed Seichel, which there it is something separate from the soul. Uh, and on the other hand, the seichel intellect, which is as it is one with the with the soul, uh, it, it, there you don't notice anything separate. Even though the soul itself is beyond any form of intellect, even this uh, intellect which is one with the soul, but still there's nothing separate. Like we said before about the uh, the the fact that we automatically know how to pronounce things. Now, going back to the quote from Zayar. Galif Galif, or that that the beginning of uh, Hashem's desire to rule. So it was engraved, engraved in Tiralon, the high uh, supernal purity, meaning that when Hashem decided to uh, emanate the spheres from himself, so it, he started off by engraving, which that is the beginning of the spheres as they are still all one in Keser. And that and then it moved down to the from the engraved word to the written word. Because in Atsilus, there's uh Kalim, there's vest containers that hold Hashem's light. And that's like the uh the written word which is held in the parchments. Uh, the w- Sorry, where the uh, the uh, the ideas are in the ink, which is separate from the parchment. Sorry, on the other hand, within Kesser, yes, there is the beginning of spheres, but you don't notice them as something separate at all. They're, they're very concealed, and they're one. There's no separate ink; it's all part of the surface, part of the stone. And this is one with the nefesh, but still. It, it's engraved, so it's not just the pure stone, uh, which Aaron says would be just the pure stone, 
and you wouldn't even talk about being engraved. Whereas in Kesser, you can say it's engraved. So there is something, but it's not separate from, uh, from Hashem. This is the difference between the written Torah versus the engraved Luchos, because the written Torah, uh, it, the, the Torah is really beyond the, the, um, the writing. Like we, it, you so in terms of Kabbalistic terminology, it would be Yisod Abba, which still has a part of Aaron Sof, a ray of Hashem's unlimited light, as it is in in Kesser. And that that is called Aiden. Aiden is this sort of uh, beyond this uh, Kesser state, but then that light comes down into Bina. And then it comes, uh, and that's when it can be understood in, and it can be uh, contained in words. And that, and at that stage, we're able to have the 53 parashias, which is got the, the numerical value 53 is gun, garden. Uh, with, and it, like it says, that a, a river came out of Aden to um, give water for the garden. So Aden represents uh, Kesser. And then the river coming out. Is a machshava that then that then brings to the the garden, which is the parishes, as they can be contained in words, in atzilus. But the lucha is that that's pure keser, and uh, that's why the uh, the the aseres adibras, the ten uh, what we say ten uh, statements, or as we say in English, ten commandments, were given at shavuos, because that's when we have a revelation of keser. Because throughout the, the 49 days of Sphere Sa'imer, we're working on the Midas, the uh, emotional attributes, and, and, and as they are within Mochen, even within intellect. But then on Shavuos, we get beyond the spheres, beyond the mind and heart to the skull. The idea of the skull is like this what surrounds the mind and protects the mind. So it's like it represents Kesser, which is beyond the spheres, beyond the intellectual and emotional attributes. And that's when the the Luchas uh, were given with Asarasa Dibras, right? Although Moshe only took them down at the end of the 40 days, but Shavuos was the beginning of that and that's when they was they were said. And uh, so, there, which therefore Shavuos is connected to engraving, and that's connected to Keser. That's why the Aser Sadibras have 620 letters, which is the numerical value of, and the same of Tarach or Keser. Uh, and, uh, or when you count just from Anochi until Lareyacha, then the Medrash says that there are 613. Uh, 613 letters plus uh, seven uh, extra ones corresponding to the se- the seven days of creation. But uh, like we said here, that the, the total is 620, which is uh, re- corresponding to Kesser because on Shavuos we get beyond the spheres to Kesser, to this intermediary, which is still part of Aaron Seif, although it already has the beginnings of spheres and therefore it's like the stone itself, but with engraving.